Just what is authenticity? How do we know we're experiencing it in our daily lives? What are the moments in our life that have led us to a better understanding of who we are as people? These conversations and more happen right here on The Authenticity Experiment. I'm your hostess. My name is Megan Williams. I'm a licensed therapist in the state of Arizona, and I have spent my career helping people find their most authentic versions of themselves and live and grow inside of that authenticity. And now I get to share the stories of people who have taken their own pathway to authenticity. Just a general content warning, most episodes of the Authenticity Experiment have themes that can be considered triggering for some. Please listen at your own pace and understand that when people tell their stories, it's part of their healing journey. And by listening to the stories of others, we can feel less alone. However, if there is content in this episode that you find triggering, please consult with your mental health professional or reach out to me and I can provide you with resources in order for you to start coping with the stress that you may be experiencing in your own life. Hey everybody, welcome back to another conversation being held with the Authenticity Experiment. Today, I have a gentleman with me, and yes, it's been few and far between that men are willing to have these conversations with me, so if you're a guy and you want to have these conversations, let me know, because I am all about including men, non-binary people, trans people, whoever wants to, to jump in and be a part of this thing, like, I'm in it. Um, so the, the gentleman that I have today is Mike, and I met Mike about six-ish years ago. Um, we worked at the same place for a little bit and, um, he, he's very passionate about a lot of different things and he definitely has a pretty interesting life journey that I think, um, there are going to be some folks that can really relate to. So I'll let Mike kind of tell you a little bit about who he is and what he does and all that fun stuff. Hi, Mike. Hi, Megan. My name is Mike. French and I am a I am an alcoholic in recovery from alcoholism and the 12 steps have saved my life given me a purpose a sense of purpose and before I came to Alcoholics Anonymous I had no sense of purpose I <clears throat> I didn't even really want to live and it was pretty dark I've gone through uh, <clears throat> a lot of trauma and come out the other end of that trauma with a better attitude towards life and people and relationships with my family have all improved and my life is so much better now. So the the first question i always ask is is it, it's kind of a no-brainer the show's the authenticity experiment how do you kind of view what it means to be authentic and how do you kind of experience that for yourself today well for me um authenticity for me um is being genuine you know with 
everything I do, everything I say I'm going to do, I try to do it. Um, I try to keep any promises I make. Um, <clears throat> before I came to recovery, I had a mask on and I got through just pretty much lying, lying my way through everything. Um, I didn't really have a father in my life. He left when I was two. And so I really, <clears throat> I looked up to the thugs and the delinquents, juvenile delinquents and the troublemakers. And, you know, I really learned, I'm still learning obviously, but I mean, <clears throat> learn how to be a, a respectable man and a person with integrity from actually doing the 12 steps. And, you know, when I first came to AA, <clears throat> I was a liar. I mean, like I said, I, I lied. I was not authentic at all. Um, and, you know, there's a part in the 12 steps that I thought I could just skip right by. I didn't think I needed to do it. And in particularly, it's step four and five where I be honest. And I couldn't do that. Um, we ended up, I met a woman in AA in 2014. We are still together. Um, <clears throat> but you know, um, uh, in 2017, I became a social justice warrior. I'll, I'll just call, I'll just call it. And, um, I was really angry at the world or so I thought I really <clears throat> um I stopped talking to a lot of people a lot of people stopped talking to me I um the only person that was still in my life was my mother and my lady um so I pushed everyone away and I was alone and I am learning, I'm discovering that this thing, I don't, I hope you don't mind me talking about God, nope. but um, <clears throat> I, I still don't know who or what it is, um, but I am discovering that the closer I get to people, the closer I get to this power, and I'm just going to call it God because I don't know what else to call it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, um, so I stopped talking to people and I stopped talking to God. I, um, I could never be honest about the dark things that were a part of my past. I couldn't ever be honest about it. Um, and so we move up here. Wait, let me back up. October 27th of 2018, a year after I became a social justice warrior, um, I pushed away all my friends and I was alone. I ended up having an opportunity to drink where nobody was going to know. And um, so I, I was thinking, well, I got to go back home in the morning. So I don't want to get too drunk. So I just figured I just get an 18 pack. This was 
thought it was a good idea at the time. Um, and I never would have told anyone this, but I didn't, honestly, I didn't believe I was an alcoholic. Like, I didn't believe that I experienced the phenomenon of craving. I've always heard them talking about that in AA, the phenomenon of craving. And honestly, I didn't, I wouldn't tell anyone, but I didn't think I experienced it. I, I didn't see the point why somebody would just take a drink and put it down. Like, why would you want to do that? But I didn't think, I thought I could. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I know that when I drank, the monster unleashed. I started, I wanted um, meth. That was my thing is I was, I used meth for about 11 years. I, the last time I did it was 2011. And this was 2018 when I drank this and oh man, I, I can't even describe it was an intense feeling I knew I had to get some and so I was in Mesa and I hit the streets of downtown Mesa looking for some dope and I ended up seeing this guy who I knew from the old uh, treatment center I was at and I asked him if he could get any dope and he said he could. And so I said, well, let's go to my hotel room. You can call your guy up or whatever. And we'll just sit there and I got beer. And so he called whoever it was. They never showed up, but I, I don't, I, I don't know. I was high just thinking I was going to get it. I can't even explain it. Just, waiting for this imaginary dope man to show up and he never did. And I was, I remember I was up drinking and talking crap to this guy because he was uh, doing things that I thought were uh, why I was a social justice warrior. I, you know, it's a whole nother story, but long story short, I woke up the next day and all the beer's gone, Roger's gone. And I'm like, well, that didn't happen. You know what I mean? I, I was going back to Phoenix on the light rail and I, I'm not telling anybody. And I didn't. Fast forward 2021, we ended up selling our house in Phoenix and moving up here to Prescott. Prescott Valley. And like I said, when I became a social justice warrior, I stopped going to AA. I stopped talking to people like other than doing activism. Um, and so uh, I stopped going to meetings. Well, I was uh, what I found out. Oh, yeah. I joined this support group um, for brain injury survivors because I had a traumatic brain injury when I was 21. So I joined this support group and I'm reading people's stories and they're talking about how they have these really short fuses and they're blowing up and an anger problem. And I'm like, maybe that's my problem. That's why I'm flipping out. You know, I didn't know that this was untreated alcoholism. I had this... <clears throat> spiritual malady is what I'm, I'm i'm finding out in 
in recovery is that I, you know, I'm, I can't stop lying to people and I'm having these rage fits. And so we move up here. I go to, I went to a store and I ended up seeing this guy who actually brought a meeting into the treatment center I was at. And he was like, where are you going? And I said, um, I said, I'm, I'm just going, uh, oh, he asked me if I was still going to meetings. And I said, oh no, no, I'm not going to meetings. And you know, <clears throat> I asked him where he's going and he said, well, I'm going to a meeting. And so he gave me his number and he texted me this screenshot of a couple meetings. And I didn't go to him, but you know, um, I wanted to, there's a couple, couple reasons why I think I started going to meetings. One was so I can give my partner a couple hours at least without me flipping out because I'm telling you, I was flipping out. I, I started going to therapy and stuff, trying to find out what's wrong with me, which by the way, I lied to my therapist. I just, mm -hmm. I, I lied to her. She was asking me if I was doing drugs and I said no. And, you know, just lying. Um, then also I didn't tell, I, I wanted to hang on to that uh, 2012 sobriety date. You know, and the truth is, is I, I never even made it to a year without getting high. But, um, and my sponsor gave me a year chip. The he, God bless him. He passed away in 2016, but um, I don't know. So <clears throat> anyways, I started going to meetings up here and I picked up a nine years sobriety chip back in phoenix say i learned what that's called a liar's chip i picked up a liar's chip and so i i joined a home group um a men's group it was a, a book study group and i will never forget this um i was at a book study we were reading on step one and this one guy was talking about how he picked up a nine month chip after drinking two beers. And he, I mean, he didn't say anything to me. He was just sharing his experience. Mm -hmm. Another guy was talking about um, how many times it says acceptance and admit, admit on the same page. And I mean, it's like, I describe it like this. I walked into a room full of mirrors and this guy was just basically pointing a mirror at me you're lying Mike and he never called me a liar he was just sharing his experience and my I, I'm, I'm discovering my my the God consciousness is what the book talks about you know and so I went home and I, something happened because I went to sleep I woke up at two o'clock in the morning and I had this, I didn't hear a voice, but it was like my own thoughts. It was, I knew I was gonna have to tell the truth. I hadn't told my lady anything about it. I hadn't told anybody. 
but I knew that I was going to have to tell the truth or I was going to kill myself. I mean, it was just, it was like a flash that quick. Get, it's time to get real. And there's, I, 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 the book talks about we reach this jumping off point. And that's where I was. I couldn't keep lying anymore. I had, uh, I was smoking weed since 2016 and I had every form of marijuana you could think. I had the, every form, mar- uh, flower, edibles, the vape pen, and I was still flipping out. Untreated alcoholism, no matter what I did. And I mean, everything's great on the outside. Got a beautiful home, beautiful woman, got dogs, cats. I mean, life is good. But inside, I'm thinking of killing myself. I walked into this meeting and this guy, Jason, was talking about how he wanted to drive his truck off a cliff. And that I was like, yeah, that's how I feel, you know, and I didn't realize my inability to be honest was what was holding me back. It was stopping. I couldn't grow when I'm just hanging on to these lies. You know, and and they say practice these principles in all our affairs. I am do I do my best to be the best that I can. You know, I get on my knees every morning and I ask God to point me in the direction I'm supposed to be in today. And it's usually to help somebody else. Give me the I <clears throat> grant me the power and the willingness to do your will, whatever it is. And I have to, I pray for the willingness because I'm not always willing, mm-hmm. you know, but I realized that when I ask for the power to carry out God's will, I mean, I take some time to meditate just for a few minutes. Most days are actually pretty good if I'm not trying to, what is it? exert my will into life. I just kind of try to let life happen instead of make things happen, you know, trying to arrange the lights, the show, the rest of the players to do what I want them to do. Most days are pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I am so grateful. I'm so grateful that I finally um, was willing to be honest. I never did what the big book said, where we write things down on paper, discuss them with another. I did, I couldn't do that. When I was living in the treatment center, I, I've never driven, you know, I've always carried a backpack around and I was afraid somebody was going to find my bag with my, with what I, I mean, I, I don't, I couldn't comprehend, I couldn't, like, honestly, I couldn't think of ever telling anybody what I did, let alone writing it down on paper. But my sponsor took me to Fane Park up here in Prescott Valley. And he's, I, I had my inventory already written down. There's things I never thought I was going to tell him. I actually wrote it down. So he takes me to the park up here. He says, give me your hands. So I give him my hands and 
we recite the third step prayer. And immediately when we're done, he said, next we launch on a course of vigorous action and the wind blew my hat like nearly off my head. It was such an intense spiritual experience that, you know, <clears throat> it was meaningful to me. Um, and I couldn't describe it to other people too, but it was a spiritual experience for me. Um, and, you know, I, I realized there were some amends that I never made, you know, and I lied. I remember this one time someone told me a way to make amends would be if you can't find the people and you owe them financial amends to put the money in the basket or something and don't let anyone see it. And, you know, I told that lie that I, that's what I did. I never did that, but I told people that I did so much that I believed it. You know, um, when I was a kid, I, I went to my friend Tom's house. His mom had $300 on her headboard. And so I took 200. I don't, I, like I left one there. So she, <laughs> I don't know. I did it thinking maybe she thinks she misplaced it. If somebody was going to steal it, they would have taken it all. I think that was my reasoning behind it. But anyways, I had the opportunity to make amends with her just a couple months ago. And it, <clears throat> you know, after I became willing to be honest, it's like, I describe it like this, like the road ahead of me, the lights turned on. It's like, here's what you do. Do, you know, all the amends I had to make came to me. It's, I, I don't know how to describe it other than I just keep doing the next right thing. And the next thing that happens is right for me. And, you know, I'm really grateful that I have this sense of purpose, you know, um, life is good. Life's really good. And I owe it all to the 12 steps and, you know, I, human beings, I, I was really angry at human beings for the past Damn. For, for, from 2017 to 2020, 2021, I, I was just so angry. And I, I think, um, I think smoking pot was probably the only thing that was stopping me from killing myself. But I don't even know if that's true because the more I, 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 I learn, I see that my old ideas, things I used to believe were not true at all. They're actually backwards. Things that I thought were good for me were actually bad. It, it's crazy how when I take direction from someone who's been around and is actually doing the deal, how I, I read this book by Chuck C. We're talking about the lenses of my my glasses, I had them on backwards. That's the only way I can describe it because things that I thought were good for me were not at all, you know? Well, I think it's, it's interesting, right? Because sometimes we need those mirrors, like other people, 
talking about how they feel and what they experience for us to be like, oh, so it's, it, it doesn't feel good that this is how I'm experiencing my life, but I'm not the only one. Right. And it gives you permission to then drop some of that masking and yep. be real. Yes. And I love that, like, no matter what we do in life, we always have the opportunity to pay attention to like those nuanced moments where the wind blows at the exact right moment, or you're connected with these people at the exact right time. Right. And, and being open and willing to take those moments and see that they are not insignificant. It's not necessarily, if, even if it's pure coincidence, but the fact that it happens right when you need it and being willing and open to being okay with those moments and, and taking them and using them for what I believe they're meant for, which is those slight nudges. Like, let's go this way today. Let's, let's move in this direction and see what happens. Yeah. Um, you know, you kind of hit on one of the major questions that I ask, which is, you know, some pivotal moments that help you understand who you are. What are like, and obviously sometimes where you haven't been your most authentic, but are there moments when you realize that you were not being authentic in the moment and really wished you had done something different? Um, I'm not sure exactly. I, um, I haven't really thought about the answer to that one uh, so much because I'm thinking about something that happened to me when I was a kid. Um, my stepfather used to beat my mother and he used to always get drunk and throw all her stuff in the front yard. It happened many times. And I used to have, I used to go to this charter school and Miss Wright was a, the principal's name and she was actually the one who picked us up. It was a small school and I remember she pulled up, uh, picked me up. There were some other kids on the van and they said, God, what happened here? And without like even thinking about it, my with, uh, instantly I was like, oh, we had a yard sale. Like, I don't know. I, I <clears throat> realizing um, that I always found a lie to to because I was so ashamed of the way I was living. That was even before I was drinking. Wait, no, that's a lie because I was drinking Mad Dog 2020 at that school or in math class. I forgot about that, but yeah. So I'm sorry. Can you ask that question again? Well, I think you kind of answered it. Like just okay. moments where you know, in the moment you realize that you were being a liar or you were being not you and okay. that you wish you could have redone them and, and been like, no, no, I'm going to tell you the truth about who I am in, in this moment. I, yeah, that actually happens. It happens. Um, I was a pathological liar and I'm, I'm getting used to, um, I, I caught my, I went, my sponsor took me to Costco and he was like, I said to him, um, I started to lie to him and tell him that um, 
because I heard another guy tell this story. So I stole it because he was talking about when he was at Costco and they had this guy standing there giving out samples of beer and he had a big old pyramid of cases in back of him. And he asked the guy if he wanted a sample. This guy was like 30 years sober. And he said, no, no, thanks. You don't have enough for me. And there was a pyramid of it back room of these packs. And I started to, I, I told that lie. I told people that that happened to me. And I started to tell my sponsor, because we were at Costco. And in the middle of it, I was like, you know what? That, that's a lie. I was about to just tell you a lie. And I think things like that have happened to me a couple times. It's just these lies that I've been telling my whole life. And I'm like realizing it's a lie. But I actually believed it, that this happened to me. I told the lies so much. I don't know why. I, But yeah, um, I'll catch myself lying to somebody. And in the middle of that lie, I'm like, you know what? It's not even true. I don't know why. And I asked, I was in a meeting. And this guy, Bobby, and I was like, you know what? That's a lie. Well, I don't even remember what I was telling him. But I was like, God, why do we do that? He goes, because we're sick. <laughs> That's why we're, I don't know. I love AA, you know. I love it. I love Alcoholics Anonymous. Well, I think, you know, we get into that, that habit of lying to either cover up things that we don't want people to know or to make ourselves into something that we think the other person wants us to be, even if yeah. they haven't told us that's who they want us to be, but we think that's who they want us to be. So this is who I'm going to present myself as. And we right. do start to convince ourselves on some level that that's who I am. And when we're able to shed all of that, like a, like a snake shedding its skin, it's so freeing to be like, yeah, nope, that's not my story. Yeah, right. nope, that's not who I am today. You're going to like me for who I am, or you're not going to like me for who I am. And either of those options is fine. Right. I think that's so important and, and being okay to have that moment. Like I'll be telling a story and I'll misremember something. It's not necessarily an overt lie, but like my brain jumbles stuff. Cause you know, yeah. I'm a human and I'll be in the middle of the story. I'm like, wait, no, nope. That's a lie. That's not true. That's not how that happened. Let yeah. me figure out what actually happened. Give me a minute. Yeah. Right, because our brain also will fill in these holes for us because that's what it does to make yeah. sense of certain situations. It'll fill in gaps. So, like, if you've heard enough stories about things that you've done, but you don't remember them yourself, you will eventually remember it like you do remember it, even though yeah. it's all second and third person accounts. Yeah. Sorry, I was just. Oh, you're fine. Um, so the way I usually wrap up these things is um, I want to know what are two things that you really love about who you are? Um, I love that, you know, because I've been, <clears throat> I had a brain injury when I was 21. I am now going to be 37 on July 20th. I've been on disabilities since I was 22 and I was always afraid of getting a job because I thought they were going to cut me off disability. And, you know, after I took my third step 
part in part of the big book says that we are going to let God be our employer, our new employer. You know, three days after I did that, my church called me and asked me if I wanted a job being the custodian. And I felt like that was God telling me God appointed me for this job. And so what if I get cut off or whatever this God's there's a reading today. I read these spiritual readings in the morning. and Oh, it was an Al-Anon reading, actually. It was talking about um, God's not going to put us on a broken ladder, you know, um, or an unsteady ladder or something like that. And that's how I feel. Like, whatever happens, it's meant to happen. And so I'm going through it and it's i didn't get cut off at least i haven't yet and i've had this job since may um but the fact that i can take direction from someone else some you know this power that i pray to every morning i love the fact that i can be honest and not worry about people not really liking me, you know. Um, I love that I am in a relationship with someone who also prays and seeks direction from this power. Um, I, I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful that I can be myself and not really have to worry about whether or not anyone likes me, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I love the fact that I can be honest and <clears throat> life is just, life just keeps getting better, keeps getting better. Thank you so much for mm -hmm. um, having this conversation and willing to be a part of this and sharing part of who you are with whoever ends up finding <laughs> what I'm doing. Um, I think that it's super important that we all start figuring out some of these bigger questions and being honest about the places where we might not have been the best versions of ourselves. And, and I love your raw honesty. And I'm just so grateful that you were willing to do this with me today. Thank you. It's good to see you, Megan. Good to see you too. Thank you again for joining us for this edition of the Authenticity Experiment. Everything you need to know will be linked in the show notes, especially how to get in touch with our guests from today if you are interested in finding ways to connect with them more and ways to connect with me if you are interested in having this conversation yourself. I appreciate all of you who have taken the time to support this project and I will see you down the road.